Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. It feels so good to be back. I know it's been a hot minute, um, but it was my first semester of sophomore year and finals week was coming up and I was like, you know what, I just got to sit down, study, kick this out. And now we're on break and we are back on track podcasting and I'm so happy to be back. But anyways, let's get into it. But before we begin, I do have a little story time. So last night I sat down and you know like those late night productive moods? Like you'll sit down at one in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I could write a seven page essay right now. Yeah, that was me yesterday. It was like one in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to podcast. So I sat down and went really in depth in this podcast and I was so excited and I recorded it. I ended, it was like a 20 minute podcast, which is like one of my longest ever. And I was like, okay, it's super late. I'm just going to turn off my computer. I'm not going to go over it and I'm just going to edit it in the morning. So I do that and I open it in the morning and it shows I recorded it. I definitely recorded it, but my microphone wasn't on. So like there was no audio, like there was a 20 minute recording of basically silence. So super sad. So here we are day two recording again, but totally fine. Good practice, right? So today I wanted to talk about diabetic pet peeves. This is a little Instagram poll I put out probably in October. Um, And here we are finally filming it. But um, I just want to talk about some of my diabetic pet peeves and then you guys all came through and told me some of yours. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, first diabetic pet peeve, low symptoms. This is probably one of my biggest diabetic pet peeves. So I feel like this symptom is pretty common. Um, The shakiness where you basically have like a mini like seizing episode of shaking And usually when I get down past 60, my whole body will kind of start like seizing into this little shaking episode. It's really embarrassing if you don't know me and you don't know that I have type 1. Um, Definitely a little scary looking. I remember the first time it happened um, with my boyfriend. He was like, oh my gosh, are you dying? And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm fine. I promise. Just just the lows. Um, So definitely kind of a sucky symptom, but you know, at least there is a symptom. Okay, but then I have a really strange one, or apparently it's strange. Every time I mention it to my doctors, they're like, Allie, what the heck? That's weird. Or maybe it's normal. I don't know. But my biggest low symptom is I get a fight or flight feeling that shoots down my legs. And then usually when I get past below the 60 range, um, it'll start shooting through my jaw, sometimes even my arms. And it's really just a sucky feeling because if you're getting a fight or flight feeling, it's usually because you're scared, right? So, I mean, you're already kind of scared because of your low number. I wouldn't say scared, but you know, lows suck. They're kind of scary. So you're already, you know, freaking out about your low number. You're getting this fight or flight feeling, which on top of everything makes things feel so much worse. And then you start getting it through your jaw and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't catch a, I can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. What the heck? So not fun. Totally feel you guys there. Um, Low symptoms suck, but at least they're there. I'd honestly rather have those crazy symptoms than nothing at all because that would suck if you didn't catch them. Okay, next diabetic pet peeve. When a sight change hurts too much or not enough. Now let me explain this one a little bit. You guys are probably like, Allie, what the heck are you talking about? Okay, so... 
when a site change hurts too much, you're already putting an insulin pump or sensor or whatever it is onto your body, inserting a needle with a tube into your skin. It's not fun. At the end of the day, it sucks. It like leaves little marks. You're like, oh, like, is that necessary? Like, I'm already a diabetic. Like, why? <laughs> like, why? So when it hurts too much, it's like, come on, dude. Like, is that necessary? Okay, but then when it hurts not enough, you're questioning yourself. So here's a little story. I switched back to the Omnipod probably about a month ago now. And I put it on my arm and I clicked the start button. It inserted and I was like, oh my gosh, I love the Omnipod. I literally didn't feel a thing. It literally felt like someone was just touching like the top of my skin. This is great. This is awesome. And I look at the screen and it asks you, you know, is the cannula fully inserted? Yes or no? And I'm like, oh, that is a really good question. And I'm like, you know, like touching my pump, touching like the area around the site, feeling for any tenderness to like see if the needle went in. And there's not any, which is great. But then I'm like, shoot, I don't know if it went in. And then it's already on my arm. So I can't like turn my head far enough to look through the little window. So I had to go over to my roommate's room. Shout out to Taylor if you're listening, Taylor. Love you. Um, And I was like, hey, really odd request, but can you look through the little window of my medical device and look for like a little blue straw and see if it's just in my skin? So we were like sitting there with phone flashlights trying to figure out if it was in. And end of story, it was. It was in. Um, But yeah, when a sight change doesn't hurt enough or you don't feel it enough, it's kind of like, oh, is it in? So just that little questioning aspect. But anyways, next diabetic pet peeve, creases and adhesive in a sight change. Yes. Okay. To start out with creases, when your sight creases, I feel like when you go in water or shower or like literally move around too much, it creates the adhesive to like become less sticky because there's just not as much like I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I I don't want to say tension. That's the wrong word. But like, there's not as much adhesive on your body, right? So the pump's going to come off a lot easier if you have a really big crease in it. So that sucks. Like coming out of the shower and the crease is causing your adhesive to lift. Like that's annoying. So yeah, creases suck. But also, just like the aesthetic of it, this sounds so stupid, but just the aesthetic of it is so annoying when you look and you're like, wow, I just creased my pump and it's going to sit like that for three days. That kind of sucks. I'd rather have it all smooth. Um, I was kind of explaining it yesterday when I was filming this podcast, um, that it's kind of like an, like the feeling of an Apple watch. Um, I forget what it's called. I think it's a movement goal, right? Like your exercise ring or like how many steps you get or whatever. Um, it's like you're about to go to bed, you put your pajamas on, you're in your bed and you look to see your results from your day of like how much movement you got or whatever. And you're like, I don't know, 20 calories away or like a hundred steps away. And like, you're already in bed. You're not going to get up and go work out. Right. But like, it's just like, ugh, like just kind of disappointing. Like, ugh, dang it. Like why? Yeah. That's how it feels when you have a crease in your pump, but it is what it is. And your pump's still going to function like a pump, but you know, just kind of sucks. So yeah, I feel you guys there. Okay, next one, accidentally ripping off a pump. Yes, this is the worst. I am going to start with the Medtronic pump. Um, That's the wired pump with the tubing. I can't even tell you guys how many times door handles have snatched me 
and like gotten caught in my tubing and like pulled me back it's so annoying um and sometimes they won't just catch you but like it'll rip the whole pump off and you're like are you kidding me I was just I was just walking like like why just mind your own business why so yeah with the tubing it sucks getting caught by door handles and then with the omnipod this hasn't happened to me yet thank god um knock on wood but I do remember um when I was younger and on the omnipod brushing up against door frames or like walls or brushing into like a person too close or too hard um will rip your pump and sometimes it'll only rip it like half off and you know that the cannula is still inserted but it hurts and it's like half ripped off and it feels weird and you're like oh I just need to change it but then it feels like it's a waste of a pump it just sucks so yeah I feel you guys accidentally getting a pump ripped off sucks I mean it Honestly, for me, it doesn't even really hurt that bad. Just the fact that you have to change it when it could have just stayed on your body is, like, the part that sucks the most. But, yeah, I feel you guys there. Okay, next one is from me. Um, and it's refusing to take off a bad site. I am so bad about this. Guys, please don't follow my lead. Um, this is bad. But this, I think, particularly pertained to my Medtronic device when I was on Medtronic. And I would put on a sensor, and you know the sensors, they've, I mean, they're, they're big sensors. You know, they got a pretty hefty needle. I usually put it in my leg, and sometimes I would put it in a bad spot or too close to a muscle or, you know, whatever. It just didn't feel too good, and it would hurt or it would, like, kind of bleed a little bit. And I should take it off. I know I should take it off. I should take it off. But here's the thing. Calibrations for that sensor takes about two hours, right? Well, actually, not even calibrations. Just the sensor warm-up takes two hours. And then you start calibrating after warm-up. And for me, it took probably a day and a half for one of my sensors to be fully calibrated. So after you commit and you do all those calibrations and you wait through the warm-up, you don't want to take it off. You really don't. And you should. I know you should. And guys, don't listen to me. If your pump hurts or if your pump bleeds or your sensors, take it off. Please take it off. But yeah, I was really bad about that. I would sit through a week with like an uncomfortable sensor and be like, well, I already went through calibrations. Like, why would I take it off? Take it off. But yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, also on that note, I don't know about y'all. I've had type one for how many years now? Like, well, I got it when I was four and I'm almost 20. So, you know, it's been a while and I've been on pumps for most of that. But um, I've never had a sight infection before and last week I had my first site infection and I'm still kind of dealing with that. So I put on my pump and it was a great spot. It was on my leg. Um, but I haven't used my legs for insulin injection since I've been on my Medtronic device. So since I was like 16, so it's been almost four years since I've put insulin into my legs. Cause I kind of saved that for my sensors. So I put the pump on my leg and I don't know if it had to do with scar tissue or what, but it literally, and it wasn't even a bad sight. It was literally on for probably like a day and it started hurting pretty bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it off. Something's a little off. Um, so I took it off and like kind of TMI, but like, you know, it was kind of pussing and like, it was obviously infected. It was red and like hard and hot. So sorry guys, but that's reality, but um, and I was like, shoot, I have my first sight infection. This is really strange. And I'm still kind of dealing with it. And I'm looking at it right now. It's gotten a lot smaller and it's kind of starting to bruise, which I'm assuming it means it's healing. Um, so yeah, but kind of sucky. So just kind of another reminder, um, 
take off your pumps or your sensors if they are starting to hurt. Trust me, in the long run, it's worth it. And you don't want an uncomfortable pump or sensor. Like, even if it's not getting infected. Like, just just take it off. It's worth it. So anyways, that's my little story. Um, next one. Check BG alerts, been high for too long alerts, and change Omnipod alerts. Yes, <laughs> I feel that. Definitely very annoying. Um, I remember in school growing up, my Omnipod alarming um, with that two-hour alarm saying it has to be changed. Or, yes, Medtronic, the um, sensor alert saying you're too high for too long and it's buzzing you and beeping at you. And you're out in public and you're like, okay, like, yes, I am fully aware that my blood sugar is high. Thank you for the notice, but I already gave insulin. Like, it's annoying if you've already treated it. Um, but I will say that those BG alerts have saved my life a couple of times. I have had some pretty low BGs while I'm sleeping and that buzzing in those alerts did wake me up after some time. So, you know, God bless the BG alerts, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it can get a little annoying, especially during the day, but it is what it is. Okay. Next one going to the endocrinologist. I feel like this is one we all kind of share. I'll like scroll through Instagram and some type one accounts will pop up and they'll be like, oh, I have to go to the endocrinologist today. And there's like a bunch of memes about it. Um, so I totally feel you guys there. And I, I have nothing like negative towards the endo office or like towards endocrinology. Like I'm going into a field of endocrinology for goodness sake. But, um, I don't know what it is because I'm not one to like be afraid of the doctor or the dentist. Like I don't mind going to appointments like that, but something about the endo just sucks for some reason. And my endo is awesome. I love her to death. Great person, great nurses, great everything. But for some reason, just the fact that like, like when you have to actually go to the endo, I don't know something about it. I just hate most diabetics hate. Um, you know, you'll go in and you'll send in your blood sugars from like the past three months or whatever. And they'll be like, why was your blood sugar high three months ago on this date at this time? And it's like, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I'm just going to have to sort back through my three months of diabetic memories. Um, but yeah, I get it. Like it sucks. It sucks. And like, I, I'm sure just as you guys do, I take care of myself well. Like, there's nothing to dread about going to the endo, but something about it, I don't know. I get it. It just sucks. It's another one of those little things you just got to do, though. So, the endocrinologist, I feel y'all. Okay, next one. When finger pricks don't make you bleed. <laughs> yes, I totally feel you guys on that. Um, you know, I've had type 1 for a while, so my fingers are pretty calloused up I used to switch to my palm for um finger pricks or I guess I guess they won't be called finger pricks but you know what I'm saying um and honestly I just enjoy pricking my fingers the most and I try to stay away from my thumb and my first finger just you know for sense of touch um but the rest of my fingers are pretty calloused up and that's how it is and that's fine but um you know with calluses your fingers don't bleed as well you need a little more pressure or whatever to get them to bleed and it sucks because you're like looking at your pricker and you're like dude you have one job like please just make me bleed and you're sitting there you know clicking on your finger like five different times and everyone's like what the heck so yeah (laughs) I feel you guys kind of annoying but you know whatever um okay next one learning about it in a general sense in school especially middle school high school Yeah, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts too, Um, and 
I mean, nothing against the schools or the teachers. I don't think anyone means it in a negative sense, but there definitely does need to be more education on type 1 diabetes and diabetes in general and the differences between type 1 and type 2 and prevention of type 2 and how type 1 can't be prevented. And, like, I get that, and it sucks being the diabetic and kind of, like, having to take the heat from all of that and all of that stigma. But it is what it is, and we can only do our best. Um... You know, we're here here to educate. I have my podcast going, um, and I'm sure y'all educate as people come up and ask you about your pumps and whatnot, but, you know, you can only do so much. Um, I remember in middle school was probably the first time we actually, like, sat down in class and had, like, a day where we talked about diabetes, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, diabetes awareness. People are going to understand. This is so great. Like, this is something that's really important to me. And I remember they referred to diabetes in a general sense, which is typical, and that's fine, but usually, you know, that means you're referring to type 2. And I don't exactly remember. I feel like they accidentally called it type 1 diabetes. I could be wrong. I think they did. I think the teacher kind of, um, like, messed up, which is fine, and called it type 1 once or something, but everyone was like, oh my gosh, Allie, like, this is what you have. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) no, no, it's not. So, you know, we're like taking a test on diabetes and I'm like, this is wrong. Like I'm living this and this isn't correct. So like, you know, that's kind of annoying to be the one living it and being like, what the heck, but that's fine. And I remember at the lunch table in middle school, like people being like, oh, Allie, look, it's a bowl of sugar diabetes. And it's like, okay, like whatever, you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, so stupid. But (laughs) you know, little middle school Allie was like mortified and I'm like, oh my gosh, they don't understand. But, um, yeah, I get that, but, you know, you can only do your best, keep educating, keep advocating, and, yeah, I feel you guys. Okay, so the last one is people asking, can you eat that, or, but you're so skinny, or, but you're not fat, like, how can you be a diabetic? Um, and again, kind of same type of thing, I think it's all about that advocacy and education on diabetes. I mean, only 5% of diabetics in total have type 1, right? So that's not a lot of the population if you look at it as a whole. So, I mean, of course not that many people know about type 1 and understand. And no one means that in a negative sense. Like the whole can you eat that thing, I think a lot of times it comes from a very good place and people caring about you. But, you know, you just got to respectfully say like, hey, I can eat literally anything as long as I give insulin or actually, yeah, I need to eat that piece of cake or that juice box or gummy bears or whatever because my blood sugar is low. And so, you know, just keep, you know, advocating for yourself and educating. And like, it sucks. It's like, (laughs) I get it. Some days it's like, oh my gosh, I wish people could just understand. Um, But that's why we advocate and educate. So, but yes, at the end of the day, it's annoying and I feel you guys and you guys have a right to those feelings. Um, So, yeah. But that is about all I have for diabetic pet peeves. That was a fun one. I enjoyed reading your guys' responses and being able to talk through some of those. But that is all I have for today. Uh, But as always, for more information, you can check out my type 1 diabetes Instagram, typical type 1, or my type 1 diabetes website at typicaltype1.org. Thanks.